Today on the show, when we say universal church, we mean universal church. The do's and don'ts of online evangelization, everything you'll need to know about spiritual direction, our picks of the week, and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts now. That's right. It's time for The Catholic Underground to see you weekly, the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of this digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. This is episode 378. I'm Kathleen Lee, not Father Chris. He's still across the ocean, uh, but more on that later. This week, we have Olivia Galino, who is the Associate Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Hello, Olivia. Hello, Kathleen. Yes, and this week, our special guest host is our friend Becky Eldridge. She is Spiritual Director, Retreat Facilitator, and author of the book, Busy Lives and Restless Souls, plus a myriad of other things. Good to have you with Thank us. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yep. And up in space, we have the one, the only, Jeff Blackwell, technical director of CU and commandant of the Jeff Star One Near Earth Orbit Satellite. Yes. Good evening, humans. And I didn't know you, you were going to have an author here. I was yeah. dressed better. I had to put on a yeah, tie. We, getting, we are getting fancy. Of course, over in the ball pit, we yeah. have our yeah. dear friend Ed Ball, ball. our video director. Um, as you will notice, as of last week, uh, Father Chris and Father Ryan are not here. They won't be here for four months. <sighs> but they um, are across the ocean. They've been to where? Iceland? They were in Iceland first, and then Dublin, uh-huh. and then somewhere in Spain. Sure. And then Pamplona. No, Barcelona. Uh-huh. They went to oh, Barcelona. Because yeah. oh, yeah, I remember yeah, Father yeah. Ryan doing his Barcelona. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then they went to they went to Pamplona and they started the Camino. Yes, they started Pamplona. the Camino at this That's point amazing. earlier this morning. Earlier our I get confused. Yeah. It was either yesterday or today, depending on what country. Well we're here about. they started Sure, they started today. It's been a day. Yeah. We know that. It's been one day. They've been walking yeah. for yes. one day. It's been one day, and yeah. I know that because I read Father Chris's blog post about yes. it. And I saw Father Ryan's pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've been posting online. They have been posting pictures. They still look pretty nice and fresh. <laughs> yeah, um, I hope day one starts now, you know? Yeah, yeah. although time. if you read Father Chris's um, blog, yeah. Olivia, he, he talked about a little bit about his first day. Yeah, and it's beautiful, um, which is another reminder to to pray for them as they're walking because this is not just like a, hey, let's go hike for 500 miles. Like right. this is definitely a spiritual journey, which means that there's a lot more to it than just walking. Um, and so Long you read bridge. his first blog, blog post, and he talks about um, how he's this first day called up a lot of um, imagery of Saint Christopher, who is his namesake. Mm-hmm. Um, but how you know Saint Christopher was the legend is that he was carrying the Christ Child across the river, but that he was amazed at how heavy the Christ Child was. Mm. Um, and so Father Chris was talking about how he he was really experiencing that with the the weight of his pack um, because it's not just the stuff in there it's also yeah. like the weight of intentions um, mm. and people's souls that he's praying for um, so he, I mean it's really beautifully written he's very honest about like it's kind of really hard yeah. um, and so how he's kind of coping with that the first day so that's father chris decker all spelled out dot com yeah and frhumphreys.com if you want to follow yeah. follow follow father ryan as well because i'm sure they have two very different <laughs> views of the same trip, and it's it's super exciting just to be along with them for that journey. Yeah. Um, they'll be uh, on the Camino for like a month, I think. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, bucket days. list for me. Yeah. The mm-hmm. bucket list wish list. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one I day. Think, yeah, every, I have a whole bunch of friends who have done uh, yeah. parts or whole or mm-hmm. the whole Camino, um, and man, like that's some serious, serious backpack. And I remember talking to my dad when he and my brother uh, backpacked the um, what's the trail in Appalachian. Trail? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow! And they went out there. I mean, these my brother was almost an Eagle Scout, and they loved camping, and they um, they packed and and repacked and planned uh and they didn't they, were, they got out there and it was completely and it was so different wow. than what they had experienced so um it's truly a pilgrimage you know yeah. a long spiritual mm-hmm. journey that they're making yeah so. i'm really excited to hear the stories you know um when they left i gave them uh, you know two two rosaries each and i said yeah your goal is to tell me about who you give these to and so that's what i think i'm most excited to hear about is is his or their you know um like personal encounters with people yeah. that you yeah. just you you don't plan for that. It just happens, yeah. you know, and, and, and to hear where everybody is on that journey. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So speaking of uh, journeys and space up there, Jeff, you're still with us? Oh, yeah. In space. <laughs> well, this might be good for you okay. up there in the Jeff Star One because did you know that there is a Catholic bishop of the moon? This I did not know that. Crazy. Yeah. I, I know that there's talk because as, as you're orbiting the earth, uh, how can you actually have, um, you know, uh, communion? Yeah. Because it has to have the blessing of the bishop. But who is the bishop? But wherever you are. So, who uh, is the bishop? But we have a bishop for the moon. Yes. Okay. Tell so me the about Diocese it. of Orlando, Florida, um, as we know, covers a great deal of Central Florida. Um, it has nine counties, hundreds of cities, um, and over four hundred thousand Catholic residents in the Diocese of Orlando. And okay. strangely enough, it does include the entire moon. Yeah, huh. that's true. That is right. Not just the part, dark side. Yeah, mm. <laughs> or not just Sorry. the man on the moon. You yeah, is <laughs> that mm. Right. An obscure part of the church's canon law places the moon under the purview of the Diocese of Orlando, Florida. I see. Okay. Now, in 1968, William Donald Borders was named the first bishop of Orlando. And as we know, on July 16th of 1969, the Apollo 11 space mission began with the launch from Cape Canaveral, mm-hmm. which was part of this newly formed diocese. Now, uh, this mission of Apollo 11 fulfilled the national goal proposed by JFK in 1961. He said um, he wanted a landing, uh, he wanted to land a man on the moon and return him safely to the earth before this decade is out, meaning yeah. the 60s, right? So, in, I mean, down to the wire, July of 1969, they Remarkable. did that. Yeah. Now, there's an obscure rule in the existing uh, Code of Canon Law uh, from 1917 uh, that any newly discovered territory falls under the uh, bishopry, right? Bishopric. Bishopric? I've never heard that word before. I've heard it. I'm not convinced that it's right, but I've heard it. Okay, well, Bishopric. Bishopric. <laughs> right? Where the discovering expedition had departed, or more aptly, in this case, had launched. Right? So that this territory of the moon um, falls under the bishop of the territory that um, that the expedition had departed from or so been does, launched from. Does that so mean? Now we know. Okay. Yeah. No, but I have a serious question. If I launch a rocket from my backyard and it lands on Mars, does that mean that Bishop Duca will be the bishop of Mars? I think so. 
That'd be a good I mean, reason to launch a rocket. You know, make it happen. I could figure that out. I figured <laughs> I philosophy and theology major over here. Yeah, oh, I got right? that. I, that ain't no issue. Details. I think we might have a case for that. I'm just saying. That would be really but, super cool. Yeah. Yep. Aren't we already on Mars, though? I mean, we've made a presence I don't know. there. But we've walked to them. Have we walked on Mars? We haven't walked on Mars. Oh, no, 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 no. We've got no. Uh, little uh, rovers. Rovers on rovers, Mars, yeah. I believe. So, so it'd be, I, I guess, wherever that, that expedition comes from, which I would assume would, pro- would might be. Um, More than likely. Houston. Might be. Cape Canaveral. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. Florida. <laughs> so, Florida, man. <laughs> it's like the international. Bishop of Mars. All right. Church. Okay, pick another planet. Gosh, now, <laughs> Let's go for Venus, guys. (laughs) So as we know, like the Apollo 11 mission launched from Cape Canaveral, which is under the jurisdiction of the Diocese of Orlando, thus making then Bishop Borders the first bishop of the moon. I got Who you. would have thought? Right. And these were humans that actually landed on the moon, so maybe that's the qualifying thing. You know, yeah, as as I, yeah. But did I, they say that? Uh, that's, I don't know. We, who, or if I like put a squirrel in well, the rocket. Who's our canon lawyer? Who's <laughs> our canon lawyer? We need like Father Jamin. Yeah. yeah. 1917. We'll they, they, they were just, and that's, that's typically assumed that uh, it would be humans making the discovery, not just. Well. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we can get, these get are, around that assumption. These are things we need to iron out. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Apparently for our next thing. From we, the, we the rocket that's launching. We need to give us from, some um, yeah. clarity on this point. Yeah, yeah Venus is available. I think it'll be a little too hot on Mercury, but, uh, you know, let, let's, let's go ahead. But I mean, you never know. I mean, if you can have a bishop of the moon, then we can land on Mercury and claim it for our own. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would be the qualifier is, is human. Or we can and, go for somewhere cool like Saturn. Let's think big, guys. Very oh, I mean, cool. That would be that would be Get something. Frigid. <laughs> that would be something now. for sure. <laughs> back to your notes. Before we get too far out into yeah. space, <laughs> despite lacking any lunar parishioners, right, that we know of, right? Ooh, um, bishop Borders nonetheless enjoyed being the bishop of the moon. Right, following the success of the Apollo Eleven mission. Uh, Bishop Borders made an ad limina visit to Pope Blessed Paul the mm-hmm. Sixth, right? During which, in their conversation, he casually added, "Quote, you know, Holy Father, I am the Bishop of the Moon." With <laughs> oh. <laughs> a little shoulder brush, throwing his Just trying to outdo him, him a little yeah. bit, eh? You know. And Pope Paul, of course, looked at him um, rather perplexed, right? Probably wondering where along the lines this uh, this American bishop has lost his mind in space, right? And then Borders then continued by explaining that by the existing code of canon law, he was the de facto ordinary of this newly discovered territory. Mm. Yep. And so the Pope, who followed the lunar missions with great interest, he had, you know, um, he loved inner space travel, I guess. Mm. Um, he later received the Apollo 11 astronauts to the Vatican in a private audience. Um, and he, you know, loved them and he. Uh, praised them for their voyages, quote, tribute to the capacity of modern man to reach beyond himself, to reach beyond human nature, to attain the perfection of achievement made possible by his God-given talent, right? And in return, uh, the astronauts that were on that mission, Armstrong, Aldrin, and Collins, mm-hmm. uh, gave Pope Paul VI a piece of the moon. How cool is that? A piece of his newest diocese, right? <laughs> I bet that's pretty awesome. Yeah, which is still kept today at the papal summer residence at Castle, Castle Gandolfo. That's so cool. Did I say that right, Italiano? Castel Gandolfo. Castel Gandalfo. Castel I always Gandalfo. think of Gandalf. Yes, I was thinking that. Myself. Every time they say it, I'm like, mm-hmm. I can. I only remember that because um, when I studied in Rome, our campus was like at the bottom of the hill, and you looked up and you, and could, you could see, see Castel Gandalfo. Yeah, pretty cool. it was pretty. No, but I was so, reading, so is it 
my question is, is mm-hmm. there only one bishop or are all the bishops still of Orlando? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they are. Not because just, this is the newest It's territory. still part of their territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty fascinating. Mm, it is. Yeah. I wonder. So it's, it makes, you know, Orlando a little cooler than just yeah. Disney World. <laughs> right. Like, you've right. got the bishop of outer space. Like, that's awesome. They are. I mean, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, now you're just reminding me. Orlando now is the bishop of the moon and of Disney World. Yes. In Space Mountain, you know, I mean, this dude is Disney World his own diocese. Hit the jackpot! Wait, what? Is there anything in the canon about like how often you have to visit your your diocese? Because if so, then we might have an issue. Ooh, Ron in the in the um, in the chat right says uh, he's from Orlando. He says the current bishop of Orlando is Bishop John Noonan. Congratulations, Bishop, Bishop Newman. Newman is the you Bishop are the Bishop the standing Moon. ovation for you. Yes. Yes. How cool! I was thinking about when I was reading this, um, like you know, saying that Pope Paul VI was was perplexed and like, mm-hmm. you know, we think of of space travel and going to the moon as old hat. You know, it's history, but at the time, yeah, how cool was that? Just to like, huh? Yeah, yeah. It, well, it's really neat, too, when you think about, you know, our church that's pushing forth the how our science and faith integrated yeah. and oh, to, yeah. to see that here's this pope, you know, that is intrigued by what's happening yeah. and the development. And oh, yeah. I wonder if Bishop Barron knows, you know, he's mm. our big science and faith guy, if he would know about the Bishop of the Moon. Hmm. Yeah. Who, We'd yeah. like to ask him, you know. I dude, if I were the bishop, I'd be like, I need to visit my people. Like, send, <laughs> send me up, beam me up, beam me up, beam Scotty. me up. Let me get him on the phone. Yeah, see what Thanks, you can Jeff. do, Jeff. You have, make that happen. You have you know? intergalactic connections, I think. <laughs> yes, uh, every few hours. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of intergalactic connections, we are glad that you are here, connected to us intergalactically. You have reached the Catholic Underground. Well done. Thank you. That's right. You are listening to the Catholic Underground. Welcome. Uh, we're online at catholicunderground.tv. I'm Kathleen Lee. Jeff Blackwell is up in space. Olivia Galino is across the way. And we have our guest host, Becky Eldridge. They are all here, and our picks of the week are coming up. But first, another, you know, final frontier, right, is this idea of the interwebs. <laughs> Right. You're really milking this space I, thing. I know. <laughs> Nicely done. I love it. Um, See if and, you can keep this going the yeah, whole yeah. time, Kathleen. Yeah, you how know? many space puns can Kathleen <laughs> make? <laughs> Don't test me. <laughs> Challenge accepted. But as fun, you know, when you're thinking about, you know, is there life on the moon? Is there life in space? How? What would be the challenges of that evangelization? Mm-hmm. Here, a little bit more of an immediate, you know, thing that we face is. The challenge of evangelization online, right? Oh, gosh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that whole conversation is another reason why I don't read com boxes. I don't read any comments on the internet. Uh. If I see, like, a thread that has 98 comments on it, I just avoid it like the plague, yeah. especially mm. if it's on something, you know, from, like, Catholic News Agency or something. Because I'm like, I don't... I can't. I just can't. It makes my, my yes, heart sad. Just, and, yes. and it's not because like people are espousing heresies, usually because people are just being really mean and I can't yeah. I can't stand by and watch that happen. Um but yeah, so given some thought to how to evangelize in the modern world, um, 
and realizing that social media is a, a big part of that, it's not a bad thing. In fact, it's a good thing. Um, and Vatican II, Intermorifica, talks about how we're supposed to use all of the social communications at our disposal to evangelize. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you extrapolate to today, uh, and, and that means using your computer, using your phone, using those things as, as tools to be able to evangelize, but doing it well and doing it responsibly and always with charity. Um, so number one, don't be a poser. Just be yourself. Don't be a poser. I Don't be a poser. Yeah. What's a nope. poser? I'm just curious. A poser. Oh, Jeff. A poser. <laughs> okay, just basically well. someone who's like trying to be someone they're not. Yeah. Um, and on the oh, internet, okay. I the thing that I see a lot, and this is not an accusation, this is uh-huh. just an observation. I see a lot of people like pretending to be like theologians oh, or like, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, or just pretending that they like have more cred than they maybe really do. What's yeah. It's like credibility oh credibility i'm sorry am i wowing you with my street charge drag me along please we gotta pull him back into I'm this so world sorry. you know so he, he's still in outer space come on jeff i may not be able to get you to 2018 but i can probably get you to like 1996 when it comes good, to street good. lingo that's a start so anyway. um but yeah so basically just being okay with the fact that you're not perfect um mm-hmm. especially because other people can relate to that i find nothing more freeing especially on the internet when someone admits like hey i don't really know a lot about that can you tell mm-hmm. me more those have been the best discussions I've mm-hmm. had. Or when somebody like calls me out for something, I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that. I didn't even think like, about it. Yeah. yeah. I had a discussion with somebody. Uh, I posted something about um, about Planned Parenthood. Mm. And it was a little it was a little emotional. Mm-hmm. And, and when a girl I graduated with was like, hey, you know, I she was very polite and was like, you know, when I was pregnant with my first child, um, Planned Parenthood gave me really good prenatal mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, I had no idea. Please tell me some more about that. You yeah, know, right. Uh, it didn't make me love them, but you know, uh, Planned Parenthood that is. But it did. You know, I was open, open to, dialogue. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, for yeah. Sure. Well, and that, that kind of segues into number two. You know, the don't is don't be judgmental of people. The do part of that is to speak truth about their actions. That's a yeah. great thing that you went to someone and got prenatal care for your kid. The the instant kind of connection in your mind might be like Planned Parenthood, bad person, bad. Yeah, but. You know, the, the truth is that you don't really ever know what someone's really going through. You don't know what kind of battles they're fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, so always start by, by looking at the person, giving them the benefit of the doubt. Um, and you just start by loving them because that charity, from charity, there's just a multitude of fruit and it will never lead you astray. Um, but also realizing that if you do truly love someone um, and you've started with that love, that you'll make sure that you share the truth with them about their actions, but it'll come in a way that, that, care that they can tell that you care about their person right. not just about what they're doing you're not trying to be a puppeteer who's um you know controlling their actions you care about them and you want to see them end up somewhere good um all right number three do preach the gospel always but Praise don't you. always use words hmm. except when necessary um and i think that this is um it's kind of a basic principle of evangelization and, and i find this more especially with women um and like feel free to chime in on this like I I get so annoyed whenever people are like, you know what women should be? Women should do this. Women should do that. And it's like, no, like, how about we just be authentically who we are yeah, and, and witness to others to be? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, Edith Stein, her, her feast day was this past week and she says that the world doesn't need what women have. It needs what women are. Yeah. And, and I mean, she doesn't just say about women, but she speaks a lot about women. And, and I think that's so cogent because it speaks to the fact that like y- your presence is a witness 
whether you, you know, are trying consciously to be that witness or not, you are constantly witnessing to other people. And that is powerful. That's why, you know, kids become like little mini versions of their parents because they're imitating them. They're imitating behaviors. Um, and that's what we do instinctually. We see other people, maybe people that we admire, people that we look up to for some reason, um, especially people in authority, and we start to emulate those behaviors. And it's not because the person has said, okay, now watch what I do and do it. You just, you instinctually do that. You instinctually want to emulate the people that you love. And so if we are people that love others and we live lives of holiness and lives of, of charity and virtue, then other people will want to emulate that and they'll do it without us ever having to convince them about it. Yeah. It's the joy, right? I mean, yeah. the joy that's such like a magnet yeah. of our faith. Yeah. I mean, I think when it's lived authentically, the joy of the gospel, it's truly the joy of the gospel that we yeah. keep talking about, mm-hmm. that it just oozes out of us and draws people to, hopefully, mm-hmm. to a relationship with Christ. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And it's always got to be that joy yeah. founded in Christ, not like something in me. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, so number four. <laughs> so don't argue just to win arguments. <laughs> Internet. <laughs> Some Hear people me. just come out there and just for that sake. Don't I you just, think, Olivia? I mean, uh, just come yeah. It. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. But do engage with people to win hearts for Christ. Remember your goal. Yeah. Remember that you always begin with the end in mind, right? If you're, if the end in mind is this person's going down, step away. Yeah. Put down the phone. Step away <laughs> from the computer. So it's not, you're not in the right mindset. Yes. But if the goal is you know what, I, I've, I believe that this person might be confused about something and it's affecting how they relate to other people or it's affecting how they believe in Christ or it's affecting their relationship with God. Mm-hmm. I want to step in and hope to, to remedy that in some way yeah. as much as I can. Then, okay, awesome. Um, but I, I feel like... I feel like nowadays we just go looking for fights. Yeah, well, as an actual theologian, I have a theology degree. Yeah, you do. <laughs> do it. <laughs> Fancy pants, you know? And I don't pull that out very often, but like as an as somebody who studied theology, I rarely enter into any discussion online with people because I find Mm. that the people who who want to argue online, they just want to beat you over the head with their argument. And there is no like there is no engaging with anybody. There is no dialogue. There is no, you know, can I see it from your side? It's just you know, I'm going to beat you up with yeah. my argument because well, I want to win. the tone is so hard yeah. to, to read, too. Yeah. Your, I mean, people, it's so easy for people to misconstrue your your yeah. tone and mm-hmm. how easy it is for us to read yeah. into other people's tones. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Emails even, too, not just social media. Oh, yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, words stick with people. So something that someone has said on the Internet five years ago might still stay with them if you've gone looking for a fight just to prove that you were right or to prove that they were wrong about something and that might stick with them and affect them in ways that you never planned on again because the end is not Christ the end is all right well I just I want to beat this person because I can um all right so number five this one's important too and it's also related um you know don't forget that effective evangelization always starts with relationship So the, the positive side of that is that start with the, with the relationships that are already in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's another temptation of the Internet is like, OK, well, there's this person in Ireland who's saying X, Y and Z. So I and they're wrong. So I have to go and fix it for the sake of the Internet. And it's like, well, OK, yeah, you that's an option. That's a, yeah. that's a, a viable option or something you could do or. Maybe start with the people in your own life, because chances are you come up with people, come up against people every day or who are, 
you know, struggling with something or they just have questions. It's not always a matter of right or wrong. It's maybe it's just a matter of someone wanting to understand something more deeply. And maybe you're in a position to help them do that um, or to, to walk with them and help them you know, find answers with them. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to be a theologian. You just have to be willing to, to explore questions with people. Um, but it starts because it's based on that relationship. You know, it goes back to the fact that you love the person and you want to, to help them get to where they need to go. Um, because again, it's not a bad thing to have questions. It's a bad thing to, to put down those questions as if they're, there's something that's going to lead you astray. No, ask questions, but ask them responsibly and help other people find answers. Mm-hmm. All right. Number six, don't focus on how everyone else is wrong. That's not helpful, but do affirmatively share what you've found to be right. Yep. Um, and I feel like this is, is something that, um, it, it's tied a lot into humility um, because sometimes you're going to be tempted to say, no, well, that's wrong. And I can, I can outline eight different reasons why you're wrong lo- just from logic. Um, sure, you might be right, but you, you might also do more good by, by throwing out a truth. By throwing out something that's more attractive because you can take down a building or you can give someone else a nicer place to live. Which one is going to like be more fruitful for them in the long term? Yeah. All right. Number seven, don't pretend you're always right. No one's always right except Jesus. (laughs) Do admit when you're wrong. And that goes back to that uh, that thing we were talking about earlier. Like it's so refreshing to find people, especially on the internet, who will say, you know what? That's a great point. Yeah. Or just to, to, to be open in a conversation with someone to, to listen to their ideas. Um, and it doesn't mean that you have to believe everything that everyone else says. I mean, Aristotle talks about how the, the mark of a wise man is to, um, to be able to let a thought enter into your mind without accepting it as your own. Yeah. Um, so, you know, practice that in your conversation, yeah. be willing to, to filter through information. And if something sticks, if something strikes you as true, cause you always, you have the ability with a formed conscience to recognize truth. If you, if you find that, if something filters through or doesn't filter through, it sticks to your mind as truth, then acknowledge it. Affirm that in another person because it goes a long way, especially when building trust. Yes. Um, and don't just say whenever you feel, whatever you feel like saying, whenever you feel like saying it. Uh, remember that, that self-editing is important. Yes. Prudence is important. Filtering yes. people. Because, Pausing. Pause. Yeah, because <laughs> sometimes, yeah, like... Um, I think Sarah Denny has said before um, that like when people are coming out of the desert, they don't need steak, they need water. And it's not mm. to say that steak isn't good or delicious and it won't help them, but in the moment, is it prudent? Maybe not. So, you know, consider in, in a particular moment, what is the best good that I can do, even if it's not the greatest good that I can do? Yeah. Um, don't talk more than you listen. Spend more time learning your faith than preaching about it. Um, Even if you are a theologian. Especially if you're a theologian. <laughs> All that being a theologian means, and Kathleen, you can affirm this, Becky, you can affirm this too, is that you know how to read. Yes, yep, right? very well. You know how to read, you know how to find <laughs> answers. Yep. That's it. I have a lot of books. You know how to receive. <laughs> I so, can find whatever answer you need. In. Exactly. So yeah. just being able to receive things um, is going to always be that that catalyst um, for going forward and being in conversation with other people and then finally don't forget that joy like Becky was saying is one of the most powerful tools that you have most infallible sign of God's presence that's true yeah and that was not me that's somebody famous okay I think (laughs) somebody famous um but yeah Saint Sirius of Avila she said a sad saint is a bad saint you know always be joyful always let that animate your life and your conversations with other people well, you know what we're not sad about? That you found us here on the Catholic Underground. You are listening, watching us here on the Catholic Underground. There's so much more on the other side of the break. We'll be right back.
A prayer for vocations. O God, who wills not the death of a sinner, but rather that he be converted and live, grant we beseech you through the intercession of the Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, Saint Joseph her spouse, and all the saints, an increase of laborers for your church, fellow laborers with Christ, to spend and consume themselves for souls. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Jam. Welcome back. You have found the Catholic Underground with me, Kathleen Lee, joined by Olivia Galino, Becky Eldridge, and Jeff Blackwell up in space. Ed Ball is in the ball pit. Yeah. Our picks of the week are coming up. But first, I oh, know... Oh, wait. Can I interrupt you before you go to your next... Yes. Please. Please do. Because you were talking about... And we were talking about uh, space mm-hmm. earlier, and and, uh, and then uh, Olivia mentioned Saturn. Yeah. And I want to say that Olivia made some bread that was out of this world. <laughs> and it kind of looked like Saturn. They Should do. I go grab it's, it's, like, well, it's true. Yeah, because you it's like this... You uh, made it, right? intentional. In <laughs> fact, well, oh, yeah. You see, and Ed Ball's she, running out uh, to uh, to get one. We're going we're gonna to oh do a show. Gosh. Gosh. Yes. Because you see... If you look, if you look at it, it's sort of like the the, the center, meaning the 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 inner part of uh, and then uh, of Saturn, and then, and then the, rings. the rings of dough. This isn't really happening. Golden brown. It is delicious. I had, delicious. I had it. We need a bishop of Saturn somehow. <laughs> you know, somehow. How, how far can you launch a rocket there? Is what I want to know. <laughs> From my backyard, probably not. Maybe yeah, <laughs> we got to get anyway. funds for this. <laughs> This is the new project. There's yeah. gonna be evangelism, yeah. evangelization in this. How would you, know? you? That would look. I mean, that would be something. How do you evangelize in space? Mm-hmm. I don't even know. Possible bacterium. Evangelizing to like to online feels like I'm evangelizing to aliens sometimes. Yep, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> nope, funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, here on the Catholic Underground, we have talked about spiritual direction before. But here tonight with us, we have a bona fide, certified, a bona fide spiritual <laughs> director herself, along with many other titles. <laughs> Becky, we, you know, we when we had Becky coming on, she sends me a list of all the things. I said, "What do you want to talk about, Becky?" And she sends me a list of all these things. I went, "Oh, that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> You're so good at all of it." But we talked. We, you know, we were talking about it the other day, and you know, we talked about maybe how to find a spiritual director. We really haven't um, dove into, dived in. We had dug this, into. Dug in. Dug yeah, in. that was the yeah. word that we we, <laughs> we were talking about. Landed on. <laughs> we really haven't dug into this whole idea of like, why? How do you know that you need spiritual direction? What is spiritual direction? How is it different than counseling? You know, like some people may think. You know, I remember when I first got a spiritual director, or heard about it. Yeah. I was doing um, youth ministry stuff, and a friend of mine, Matt Brundrett, Asked, he said, "Do you have a spiritual director?" And I was like, uh, "No, that's for like holy people, and of was, which you are one." <laughs> and he looked at me and goes, "How do you do what you do without one?" And I was like, mm. "I don't know." And then I got one. And I was like, "Oh!" So Becky, tell us, like, just unload your knowledge of spiritual direction. Like, unload my it? knowledge. Yeah. How did yes. you get involved yes. in working, you know, well, as a spiritual director? Yeah. Well, first of all, I, it's one of the best gifts 
as I'm a mom of three, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, I, and and we've been married 15 years, and I think it's one of the best gifts that you can give that yourself to keep growing in your faith, as even as a layperson. Yeah. Um, I know. I think we often think of spiritual direction, and we think of priests having them or mm-hmm. religious, mm-hmm. but I think for even those of us in the lay vocation, yeah. that it's something that continually helps us grow in our faith journey. Mm-hmm. So I've worked with a spiritual director myself, not the same one, but for eight. 18 years I've had a Hmm. spiritual director at some point. So what in the world is a spiritual director, right? We hear all kinds of things. I think it's very important right off the bat for us to point out and give props to who is the spiritual director, which is the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. our great advocate as promised um, by Jesus Mm -hmm. in the Gospel of John. And the Holy Spirit is the director. And so there's always three parties involved when you're meeting for spiritual direction. You have the Holy Spirit, you have the spiritual director, and you have the person who we, you know, in in my world, we say is the directee, the person Mm -hmm. that's coming Mm -hmm. to meet. And I think the spiritual director's role is simply to be a holy listener mm-hmm. and is to pause and listen. I think my job when people come meet with me is to help invite people to notice God at work in their day-to-day life, yeah. to help grow an awareness of how God is always with us. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel, God is with us. I think Also, a lot of people come looking um, to discern and to make decisions. What is God's will for me right now? And helping them. Also, all of us, I think, need some help kind of, hey, what blocks us from growing in our relationship Mm -hmm. with God? Um, There is a wise, I don't remember the lady's name. She was a sister that said, as a spiritual director, she said, I think my role is really to help get rid of all that inhibits growth in God and the other person, Mm -hmm. which I really, really, really like. Mm -hmm. So what might bring people to spiritual direction, right? That's the question Mm -hmm. I get a lot. You know, why would I meet with one? Because I wonder, too, if it has the same kind of stigma as, you know, we're going to talk about what's the difference between that and counseling. counseling, Mm -hmm. The same kind of stigma as counseling has. Well, I don't need I don't need counseling. I'm fine. I yeah. don't need spiritual direction. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, wonder I think if it people might have... are more just not clear about what okay. it is. Yeah. I find that people are always intrigued about it. And they're always like, well, what is it? I didn't even know it existed. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, I remember when I first found a spiritual director, I was at LSU mm-hmm. and I they announced about a busy person's retreat. And I thought, hmm, I'm busy. I wish <laughs> I could talk to myself at um, 20 years old. I'm a little bit busier now, but yeah. yeah. You know, that was the first time, and I met with somebody one-on-one for four days Mm. in a row. We met one hour a day for four days in a row, and it was profound. And I I remember thinking, why am I just now hearing about this? I mean, Mm -hmm. and and since then, I've kind of been hooked, (laughs) right? Yeah. But what brought me then, you know, was there was a hungering for more. Mm -hmm. There was, I wanted to grow deeper in my relationship with God, but didn't quite know what the next steps were. Often when I think of what draws people to that first meeting when they come to sit with me, it's they're saying, hey, maybe um, I want to I have no idea how to pray. <laughs> help me help me get the tools, um, kind of the structure in place. Maybe I'm looking to grow. There's this hunger, but I'm not really sure what to do with it. Yeah. And I always chuckle when a, someone shows up like that. Sometimes I can imagine them having like every Catholic prayer tool like if they could actually be carrying it and they're Mm -hmm. trying everything at the same time Mm -hmm. and 
none of it's working. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, all right, we're going to put down and we're going to see what one way yeah. mm-hmm. God is inviting you to yeah. spend time right now. Mm-hmm. Um, discernment is a big thing that draws people, big or small, you know, big vocational discernment. You know, am I called to priesthood? Am I called to religious life? Am I called to the married life, single life? Yeah. Um, that's that's a huge one. And then also the big, you know, I'd say the big life decisions about career, about is it time for children mm-hmm. if we're married? Yeah. Um, I know, you know, my spiritual directors have helped my husband and I discern moves across the country, yeah. mm-hmm. um, new jobs, all kinds of things, big financial decisions, yeah. you know. And then also it's about discerning the small invitations day to day that God places before us. Um, And then I think the other thing that is often a catalyst for people maybe seeking out a spiritual director is a hard moment in Mm -hmm. life. You know, they've hit a personal health crisis or somebody in their family is really sick. Um, Maybe, you know, I mean, here, you know, you think about the big natural disasters of floods or hurricanes of big moments of loss, moments where people are really questioning the existence of God, you Mm -hmm. know, or where is God and all that. I mean, what y'all's experience from what y'all think brings people to spiritual direction? Yeah, I, I think I went to spiritual direction because Matt told me to. Like, he was like, you... He like, said, you need Yeah, it. he was like, you know, he asked that question, like, how do you do what you do and not have a spiritual director? And I was like, I mm-hmm. I do what I do. And that was the moment, like, I sat down, I was like, oh, shoot, I do what I do. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not allowing a lot of room for um, the Holy Spirit for God to, to help me do what I do, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, um, you know, I remember it was funny. You were talking about being listeners. I remember I went to, um, my first spiritual director and the very first thing I was like, okay, well, like, you know, I'm like, I don't really know how, the, I'm not really a talker. Like, I don't want to. And then like an hour later I had spilled my emotional. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I was like, so, and he was like, Mm. <laughs> and I was like, you might have, there's always something there. Well, yeah. I always, one of the, I always ask people, you know, it's like, what is going on in life? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And where is God and what's going on in yeah. life? Mm-hmm. I mean, that to me is so much what spiritual direction is mm-hmm. about is life and our faith are integrated and they're not separate. And I think one of the many gifts I, I have found personally of having a spiritual director in my yeah. life has been, it helps me integrate and go, okay. This is how God is present in my marriage and yeah. my children. This is where maybe I'm struggling to notice and name God. And and I think a lot of it is about noticing the movements of the heart, mm-hmm. you know, and what some of our great saints have said of um, named as consolation, desolation, yeah. mm-hmm. which um, we can talk a little bit more about. Another question I get all the time is, can a lay person be a spiritual director, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I've gotten this question in, to my face, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> people um, meeting me, but it's it's a question I asked, and, and I've had a religious sisters that have been my directors. I've had lay um, men and women and priests, mm-hmm. and the answer is yes to all. Yeah. And um, when I was just kind of prepping for the show, I was looking, there was this address that Pope Francis gave several years ago to the religious people in the diocese of Rome and he said he's he's telling them you know he's encouraging them to go find a spiritual director and he's he's saying it's the charism of the lay people Mm -hmm. and he said back in the early monastic days lay people were some of the first 
spiritual directors, and he quotes um, one Saint Saloon, or I don't know exactly how you say him, but he's a monk of Mount Athos, who was a carpenter, and he wasn't even a deacon, and he was a great spiritual director. Um, But he goes on to just say that it's, you know, I think the important thing about spiritual direction is it's a calling, you Mm -hmm. know, much like anything in our church, whether you're an adult faith formation or you're a youth minister. I know Kathleen, you have many years and Olivia is over here, youth and young adult. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something you kind of get called into, you know, um, both an internal call from God, but also I think your community calls it out of you, Mm -hmm. which is how I kind of fell into it. Let me ask you this, because I can tell you how I picked my my spiritual director. Um, I've looked around, you know, because it's talking, we have to pick somebody who's going to be kind of um, a good fit. You've got to have a good fit. And an intimate role. Like there, there is the balance between friend and because I have a lot of people who I mean Father Chris is certainly a spiritual director in my life, not officially, but but as a spiritual father, yeah. Yeah. But he's a spiritual father. I, I, you know, I don't know if I could go to him officially for spiritual direction. Mm Um, you know, and so when I picked one, I picked um, a priest who was completely opposite of me um, in personality. We knew each other, and we've become really good friends. Um, but how would you know? What would you suggest to going to somebody that you know, somebody who's different? I, you know, yeah, definitely. I would pause on somebody you know really mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Um, like if you called me, I would tell you no, yeah, Kathleen. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I mean, I, th- I always tell people if you're looking for a spiritual director, if God has kind yeah. of put that desire on your heart the first thing is to pray for the person Mm -hmm. right to really pray for the you know holy spirit give me the wisdom and the clarity to find the right person for me Mm -hmm. in this moment of life um and then the next thing i always tell people is start asking around like Mm -hmm. start asking trusted people whose faith you witness i mean that you really admire and their faith is such a witness to and ask them if they have one or do you know if anybody is and if you don't, if you can't ask that, then I would recommend start looking, you know, you can always ask your parish priest, ask right. your pastor, parish priest. Um, there, if there's a retreat house, like any of the Catholic retreat houses mm-hmm. in the, you know, area, typically they have a good list of spiritual mm-hmm. directors that they can point you to. Many of our religious orders have retreat houses mm-hmm. that keep that, um, And then you can always look, there's, you know, there's certain religious orders, especially our religious sisters that have a charism for spiritual direction. I mean, I think of the Dominicans and the Carmelites and the sisters of St. Joseph, the cynical sisters, um, and not to say our religious brothers (laughs) don't, you know, or uh, or the male religious orders, but there are certain, you know, religious orders whose whole, one of their big arms of ministry is spirituality and prayer and, and looking for those. And then a great resource, there's a, I belong to this group, it's called Spiritual Directors International. So the, you know, all over the world, maybe not in outer space, but they have (laughs) a seek and find guide, which I have really loved as we've moved across, you know, we've had a couple of cross country moves you can go put in your zip code it's um sdiworld.org is if and if you go look for their seek and find guide and then it'll pull up all the spiritual directors in your area and it'll put their religious you know if they're taking new people or not it'll put um what their religion is and then also a lot of states have local associations that would have and if you know for instance i know we're you know in louisiana there's a louisiana association of spiritual directors that 
you know, many people from many different denominations. There's lots of Catholic spiritual directors that, again, you can put your zip code in and it'll pull up who's around you, um, those things. That's pretty awesome. I remember Mm -hmm. when I first, like, when I because you have to ask someone to be your spiritual director. You do, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I remember when I did, I was like, this must be what it feels like to ask somebody, like, to marry you or, like, to go (laughs) out with you. Not, you know, like, but I was like this, because I was like, what if he says no, like, and they might yeah it truly the the first time I always once you kind of find somebody you're interested in yeah I always invite people to contact and I mean if anybody ever contacts me the first thing I say is let's set up a time that we can just get to know each other and see Mm -hmm. if we're a good fit yeah um and because you've got to have the right person for the right season of life and even as hard as it is I mean it's like I've had to break up with spiritual directors right sometimes I've had to break up with directees like it's yeah you we you know when God um, so my, I've, I was trained in the in Saint Ignatius's way of doing mm-hmm. spiritual direction, and he always says, "You stay with something till it exhausts itself." Mm-hmm. Right? That's his yeah. invitation um, with prayer. Like, stay with his scripture until God's done using it to help yeah. you grow in God or whatever it is. And he, the same goes for spiritual yeah. direction. You gotta stay with the right person mm-hmm. until it, God invites you elsewhere. Yeah. We have great gifts in our in our church of spiritual direction, confession, and, and there's now ca- Catholic, uh, Catholic counseling. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and so these three things, I think, sometimes may get lumped into one, especially if you go if your spiritual director is uh, a priest. A priest. Yeah. Um, so what do you, what distinctions are there between the three? Yeah. Let's start with counseling because yeah. I think that's um, a very important one, and it's one in my training and any you know most spiritual direction programs. You're going to talk about the fine line between um, counseling and spiritual yeah. direction, mm-hmm. and counseling is very very different than spiritual direction, right? Yeah. Counseling is really looking at what is going on in the mind, the psychology behind it. Um, I think God has gifted and called men and women to be counselors that, you know, just as, you know, maybe we wanted to study theology and, you know, that they wanted to study. So I think especially counseling is so helpful when there's been trauma, abuse, addiction, Um, you know, if you're struggling with depression or some mental health issues Mm -hmm. and I think where spiritual direction comes in they work hand in hand I mean there's many people I meet with that see both a counselor and also meet with me for spiritual direction but spiritual direction you're looking at where is what are the movements of the heart right what are what is God where is God in all of it and is um and I think especially when you think of the big healing things Mm -hmm. you know spiritual direction is going to be looking at God's gift of mercy Mm -hmm. and I think um counseling brings healing so far and then I think there's so much more that like that's out of our hand right like some that's ours to do and then what's God's to do um and then I think confession is different. I mean, A, like I am not a confessor. Like sure. I'm not a priest, right? So nobody could confess their sins to me. But what we might talk about in spiritual direction is how is sin, you know, impacting our relationship with mm-hmm. God? How is it impacting our heart? Um, Pope Francis in that same address to the religious um, men and women, you know, he said, for confession, you search where you have fallen short, short, and whether you have lost patience, if you have been greedy, these things, concrete things, which are sinful. And then he says, but in spiritual direction, he said, you go and examine your heart yeah. and how, how is sin impacting you? How is it impacting those around you? Um, 
And then, wait, go ahead. I was just going to say, we have a um, question in the in the chat yeah, from Brad. Yeah. Um, well, I can't it, see. It fits I'm like, in. Yeah. Look at that. No, 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 yeah. And I never get to ask questions of things that happen in chat. Um, but he says, being a lay person that is a spiritual director, so you, um, what do you think the pros and cons are of having a spiritual director who is not your confessor? So like looking at both sides of that. Who is not your confessor. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, I guess like that, a non-priest spiritual director. Yeah, when yeah. again, quoting, if you read this article, Pope Francis talks about them being separate. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's talking about that. Um, I mean, because again, I think a conf- going to confession and receiving the sacrament of reconciliation, I mean, it's going in with a very specific focus. Sure. And I think spiritual direction is looking not just at our sinfulness, but it's also looking at where are the fruits of the Spirit in our life? Where are we noticing peace and patience and kindness and joy? And and how are we discerning um, what God is inviting us to, mm-hmm. right? Which... Um, can't always happen within the realms of confession, you know, just from a time standpoint, mm-hmm. even, you know, and I know many, many priests, um, and, you know, refer people to me because they don't have the time to mm-hmm. sit like they would maybe with, which they wish they could wish have they more could, time, sure. you know? Yeah. Now, Becky, you have, you have a website we were looking at earlier. Yes. And so yes. if people are looking for more information on spiritual direction, especially here in our local area, but they could also contact you if they just have, yeah, because there's so much more that we didn't cover yeah, that absolutely. Becky could just go on forever with. So where could they find out some more information about you? But if they can go to my website, um, www.beckyeldridge.com, there's actually in September an online busy persons retreat that me um, and a priest and a religious sister and a couple of lay directors that we meet with people online using mm-hmm. video conferencing. To, and it's cool. a great way to give spiritual direction a try. This is why yeah. God kept putting this invitation on my heart. And we've tried it now this for a year and a half. And um, it's it's a great it's a great thing. So if, if you're interested in that, that'll be the week um, of September 17th. Okay. So. Excellent. Well, we'll have all that in the show notes, of yeah. course. But Jeff, it's now time for that part of the show that we like to call. The CU Pick of the Week. Yes, indeed. Yes. I love this part. <laughs> <laughs> At first... Because it's your birthday, I think, somewhere in space. Sure. We're going to send it over to Olivia. <laughs> it's your birthday. It's some multiverse. That, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, can I just say that I am so glad that while Father Chris is gone, I will not have to follow Kathleen's picks of the week, which is my own personal cross. <laughs> You're welcome. Because I can't do it. I always, I always <laughs> just suffer. Um, no, you're doing great. As, as Father Chris always says, you're doing great. You're doing great. You're doing great. Um, so my pick of the week is something that Father Chris would probably make fun of me for if he were here, but he's not. So um, I like a lot of different music, um, and I like to kind of like let people know about that every every now and then. Um, so there's this album by a band called Floor, and that's F-L-O-R. Um, I don't know. I don't think that they're international. I think they're... Anyway. Um, but... Um, their, their new album is called Come Out, You're Hiding, and it's awesome. I can't say enough about it. It's like dream pop, um, so it's dream got a little pop. bit... What is dream pop? So dream pop is like... Um, it's not quite like electronica, like like electronic dance music, 
um, it's like if you went if you went there and then you took a few steps back because it's still like got those poppy seeds. Kathleen's making that face. Um, it's still <laughs> got like, dream pop. I don't know no, dream pop. It's a new it's one got for me. like like synth notes with like some pop elements, but hmm. it's still very accessible. Um, so and, and like the reason I bring it up, I don't bring up like the weird stuff that I listen to that people are not gonna like, but I think that people will genuinely find this accessible. Yeah, sure. Um, and it's really like I mean if you like that kind of dream pop like like the 80s was very into like that's those synth kind of yes. you know like those kinds of things I'm a child of the 80s Exa- you know it. so then you might like this um because it, it updates it in a way that that it's relevant to the modern day but it's just I mean their, their writing is beautiful um it's like things that you can really enter into um but still like have fun with um and it's the kind of album that you like dance around your house to so Ooh, come cool. out your hiding all right, Becky, what you Ooh, got? Oh, I got winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yes, indeed. So I brought a visual for those of you who nice. can see us yes. online. So, the, so I have three kids. Um, oldest is 11 and a half. Nice. Youngest is four. And there's also a nine-year-old in case they're all watching. They are. Listening. Are the, they? Yeah. Okay. Got to make sure I'm giving all three a shout out. But So we found this game called Tinsy this summer at the beach right t-e-n-z-i t-e-n-z-i really all it is you could play this game even with 10 you need 10 dice of the Mm -hmm. same color and so the way it works is everybody gets 10 dice and or die would be the correct Mm -hmm. grammar right die 10 die Mm -hmm. and you roll and it's in whoever gets 10 of the same number first wins right well that's like the easy round well then you get it gets more and more complicated and so then they have staxies so then you have to get the 10 same number and stack 10 high then they do splitsies where you have to get five and five and it goes on and on and our family favorite is stealsies and so you play as a team and you're you can steal like from other people nice and so our four-year-old can play this game and loves Mm. it and gets very competitive watch out mary will take you down (laughs) in tinsy and will guard her die like nobody else um but it's great family fun last night we had a family over for our we did a game night and it was a blast so highly recommend tinsies for ages four to like a hundred excellent all right mr blackwell up in space what you got I'm going to geek out on you guys here because, uh, you know, I love uh, tech gear and sound equipment and stuff. But uh, uh, a friend of mine who's in the sound biz, uh, and I have a, uh, in fact, this is what I have when I I take my computer with me. It's called a U-Control UCA-222. And it's basically, in in simple terms, it's like a USB sound card. But this one is, has the little RCA connectors on it, meaning it is unbalanced. So if you get into a situation where there's, uh, like uh, noise, radiation, like uh, radio frequency and sure. stuff like that. Uh, it could it cause problems with hum and sort of. Well, anyway, PV came out with one. Now, this this one is about $25, the one that I usually carry with me. But PV has one that is about uh, under 50 bucks, and it's called the USB-P. Uh, but the sweet thing about it, you plug it into the computer, plug it into that, and then basically it, it, it's an external sound card for your laptop or PC, but you can plug it directly into a sound system because it has what they call balanced outputs, meaning it'll take care of uh, any hum and noise problems. It's crystal clean, and it's got some good uh, converters in it from analog to digital stuff. I won't, uh, but, but you know, typically people plug in that 3.5 millimeter uh, to the headphone output. Yeah. Nah, don't do that because you, that's that's you're going through a cheap sound card and built in, and it's usually not very good. So, this oh, is a cool way to, to solve that problem. 
Nice. Excellent. I just I just called Jeff for all my audio needs. Jeff. <laughs> I know. Jeff. So, I know. What is your pick of the week, Kathleen? I have this really cool thing that my brother bought for my grandmother. Now my brother lives in Denver. Uh, my other cousin lives in Virginia. Mm-hmm. We are in Baton Rouge. She is in Zachary, which is another city about 45 minutes away. It's called the Nix Play Wi-Fi Cloud Digital Photo Frame. Oh. This thing is awesome. So you set it up on the Wi-Fi. Then there's a little app on your phone that all of us cousins now have. And just this afternoon, we all uploaded about 100 videos from wherever we were That's so cool. wow. to her digital frame. It's been playing <laughs> over and over in her house. Now, um, there are different, you know, you can get different size screens. This, this one that we got was about 170, 180 bucks. Uh, but you get eight gigabytes. That's about 20,000 photos yeah. of mm. internal memory storage for displaying photos when the frame is offline. Um, along with when it's connected to Wi-Fi, you have 10 gigabytes of free online cloud storage um, that keeps your photos safe and secure. Now, nice. it is also motion sensor, so it's not on all the time when she walks into That's the room. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and you can set it to display uh, the most recent uploaded pictures. So it's not going to start like from, okay. from photo one every time and cycle through. Uh, but it's really cool because I uploaded pictures. My brother uploaded pictures. That is the amazing. That's yeah, it's a really cool gift. And she doesn't have to do anything. This is, should be every grandparent. Yes. Pappy, oh, yeah. Pappy needs one for yes. his grandkids you and great-grandkids. It's a great gift. And, and she has to do nothing. But that one. is awesome. Yeah. Grandparents mm-hmm. would love that. What a yeah. great way to keep families yeah. connected. Yeah, so the, the Nixplay Wi-Fi Cloud Digital Photo Frame. Love it. Jeff? You know, we're always grateful for our viewers, and, our listeners, and our benefactors. Okay, yes, absolutely. Indeedy, <laughs> do we are. Uh, this week, uh, Catholic Underground is possible because of people just like you. Join the growing number of undergrounders at catholicunderground.com slash donate. Also, portions of the Catholic Underground are brought to you by audibletrial.com slash catholicunderground. Yes, if you'd like the show notes yeah. for this episode, and they are going to be full of good stuff, good links, or you want to subscribe to our podcast audio, go to catholicunderground.com. Our panelists this Oh, wait. Week, How much does it cost, by the way? Nothing. Uh, to, uh, what? Exactly really? zero. Zero nothing. Earth dollars. <laughs> out of this world. Isn't it? <laughs> We're going to keep you around, Becky. Yeah, I Becky. love it. I this pun with yes. you all day. You know? Our panelists this week have been Olivia Galino at OM Galino. Thank you, Olivia. Thank you. We have Becky Eldridge at beckyeldridge.com. And she'll be back in September? Yes. Yes. Our technical director is Jeff Blackwell, jeffblackwell.us or at Jeff Blackwellis. Mm -hmm. Um, Our research assistant and leader of the crew in the lab is Jim Hayes. Yeah, Jim. Our video and graphics director is one Ed Ball. Mm -hmm. You know me. I'm Kathleen Lee. Follow me on Instagram at Kaylee626. We hope we've helped you cut through the noise and find that still small voice. We are the Catholic Underground. We are Faith Gone Digital, and we'll see you next
from the Catholic Underground.